The following podcast contains strong language and mature themes. Robert Jennings wrote about an unsolved death in which the body of a man was found at a local beauty spot back in 1984. I'm Marie Colson, working with Gemma Kingsley, and we've taken on the case of solving this mystery in our podcast, Death in Podville. So we've decided to call this series The Body in the Woods. At the end of episode 9, we had a bombshell dropped on us. We discovered that Scarlett was the daughter of the family that owned the farm where the cows had suffered from BSE, and Sarah from the cafe used to work there as a farmhand. We continue where we left off, with the arrival of Scarlett and Sarah. Seat. I'll just turn the radio off. I'll set up the recorders so they can hear everyone. Well, this is unexpected. Why didn't you say something when we talked earlier? Sorry about that. I knew it would be easier for everyone if we were all together when we went through it. I assumed you would have the recorders running. Uh, yeah, both of them. Well prepared. Good. I get the feeling all will come out tonight. It will. Um... <sighs> I guess I'll start with what we have. Okay. Okay. What we have so far is that Kenny Goldsmith was a civil servant working for MAF, or the Ministry for Agriculture, Fisheries and Food. Someone from the village tipped off MAF about odd behaviour, which set things in motion. A couple of months later, he was found in the woods adjacent to the farm by a dog walker, and the story was covered by the local paper. What we don't know is the bit in between these times. Kenny was staking out the farm for the whole of Saturday. My guess is that something happened on the farm that alerted Kenny, and he decided to take a closer look, but unfortunately ran into something unexpected. And then it all went wrong. Anywhere close? Probably best I say what happened, but you're not far off the mark. I was with Alex. Alex? I've heard the name, but I don't know the association. Yes, Alex is my husband. We owned the farm prior to it being sold. Sarah here was one of the farmhands that worked for us and looked after the dairy cows. By this time, he'd buried half the herd. The rest were slowly falling ill with this unknown disease. We were in the process of trying to segregate the cows in case it was being passed from one to the other. It'd been a long day and it was getting dark. We heard a noise just outside the cow shed and Alex ran to investigate. We didn't want anyone snooping around, especially with these sick cows. And? He didn't want anyone to discover that at that moment Alex was... Alex thought he was compromised and he went into defending himself. He found Kenny with a camera and a recorder. He thought he was some private investigator working for Rachel, sent to spy on him. We didn't realise that that wasn't the case, but by then it was too late. Alex had hit him hard and he'd gone down heavy. He was still alive, but unconscious. 
Alex took his equipment away and I had to find Scarlett at the house and ask her to help me. Scarlett arrived and between us we put the man in a wheelbarrow and took him across the fields towards the trees. And once in the woods we propped him up against a tree and I found a rope in my pocket. Scarlett mentioned reading about these cases of accidental suicides in forests, so we tied him up and made it look like that that was what had actually happened and stuck his hand down his trousers, you know? How did you make it so he strangled himself? The police reports mentioned the rope was loose when they arrived. It doesn't make sense. That was my idea. I tied the rope around his neck, then pushed a tree branch down behind his head, between him and the tree, forcing the rope tight around his neck. That caused his strangulation. I tried to make it look like the branch had fallen and hit him on the head, the pretense that it had all gone wrong. There was no mention of a branch in the report. When I heard that a dog walker had found the body, I wondered if a dog had taken the branch, ran off with it. We came back to the farm, cleaned everything down, bleached everything, and waited for the police to turn up. But to our surprise, they never came. As I knew what happened, I intercepted the police at the scene on Monday morning and then made up a story about the accidental death. I had no idea the story would have its own life. But bizarrely, the police didn't do an autopsy. They ruled it as death by misadventure, and the case was closed. No one asked any more details. I was released from employment shortly afterwards, and I went to work at some stables in the next village. Wait, so you were released from employment, but it was Alex who was compromised? Well, that sounds like you're not a willing participant. Sarah, did... Did Alex force himself on you? He... he did. He was quick-tempered and quite physical at times, We all lived in fear when he was in a bad mood or he'd had a drink. Quickly found out that he treated humans and animals the same. No distinction between either. I was only 18 at the time and too scared to do or say anything. Didn't know who I could talk to. He'd already got hold of me. Had Kenny not interrupted, he... He... He would have raped me. Um... I'm at a loss for words, Sarah. I don't know what to say. Don't worry, Gemma. I've come to live with it. He can't hurt anyone else now. In a way, Kenny saved me. I wish I could thank him. I didn't realise it had got that bad. Why didn't you tell me? Back then, would you have listened to me? What could you have done back then that wouldn't have threatened your life? I'm so sorry. You don't still have the items taken from Kenny, do you? Here you go. I rescued them from the bin at the time, just in case they were ever needed. I've been hiding them in the loft ever since. The recorder got smashed. I think Alex may have had a hand in that. Looks like the tape is still in there. We have a tape player back at the studio. We can see if it still plays. There's the camera as well. It was damaged, but I don't know if there's still a film in it. You talk about Alex. Is he around? Yes and no. He's just been moved to a hospice. Let me show you this. 
for the tape, Rachel is opening her phone and showing us a picture of a man in a hospital-type bed. They'll look after him now. He suddenly became ill. At first we had no idea what it was. He started behaving very oddly, almost like the cows did. Are you saying he has variant CJD? Yes. It started about four months ago. Doctors reckon he has two months left to live, although I wouldn't call that living. More a controlled dying. We're all relieved. I thought variant CJD was over. Remember when we had a chat about it? I mentioned there was a different type, the V-genome type that could remain dormant. This is what has happened with Alex. He could be one of the new victims of the illness. That's why we decided to come forward and talk about this. Regardless of what happens next, people should be made aware that the numbers of deaths from variant CJD are starting to rise again. There could be millions of deaths resulting from this around the world. Wow. That's why you knew so much about the subject. And what would you like me to do with this information? Play it on the podcast and let legal issues take their course. We've all accepted whatever happens next. Now we know he was a civil servant. Not that that should change the results of taking a human life, but you know the courts will take a different view with him being one of theirs. Yes, it's the right thing to do. It's caused such a rift in our family all these years. Time to set things straight. Would you all please leave now? I need some time alone. Sure, Mum. Thank you all for coming. Come on. When do you think this will be aired? Just so I know how long to get things in order. Mum! 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 Scarlet! You can't help her! We have to call the police! And that's what happened. They waited for the police and we were sent home to go and finish the podcast. Things were escalating fast and we knew we only had a short period of time left. The police could come and take all these files as evidence. We headed back to the studio and started going through the recordings and putting this episode together as quickly as possible. Have we got the dictaphone to hand? We'll play the last tape. Here you go. Case file 840202, tape 6. Today is the 17th of March, 1984. I've arrived in the village of Great Wotton, and I'm outside the local pub. I've talked to a member of staff, and he's given me a map of the farms in the area. There are three livestock farms based nearby. The names given are Deer Cove Farm, Dandelion Grove Farm and Rose Petal Farm. They all contain cows, sheep and pigs. The first one out of the village is Dandelion Grove Farm, about a mile down the country lane. I'll work outwards. I've pulled up alongside the boundary of the farm, but it's 
difficult to see much of the estate. Although not hilly, the land undulates, causing dips that aren't visible. Looking around, the fence line at the edge of the wooded area seems to be higher and could give a better vantage point. Looking at the map, there's a car park in the woods nearby. Now I can walk from there. I've pulled up in a forestry commission car park. I have binoculars, notebook, camera and this recorder. A blanket, oh, and a pack of sandwiches and a flask. Bloody branches, but... Okay, I'm here. There's good coverage along the fence here. Should keep me covered during observation. There's been little activity all day. And the light is fading. Might have to call it a day soon if nothing happens. It's 6pm. Just seen the light going on in the barn. And there are two people entering. I need to see what's happening inside. Can't see from here. I'm going to get closer. <sighs> I'm crossing the field. Not far now. If, if I come round the side of the barn, I should see more. <laughs> oh, bloody scarf! I've had to ditch the scarf as it's too long to run with and I keep tripping over it. I'll recover it later. I'm near the doorway and I can see inside. Difficult trying to keep hold of the recorder and the camera at the same time. I can make out two people inside the barn. Bloody hell, they're... they're... Please stop! Alex, stop it! You're hurting me! Let me go! Who's there? Bollocks! Drop the camera! Shit! One of them's heard me! And they're coming this way! Where's the stupid camera? I can't find it! Who are you, eh? What are you doing on my land? Are you spying on me? Did you see what you wanted to see? You private eye, are you? Is she paying you to keep an eye on me? And this is your camera. Don't, Alex. Leave him alone. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you here then? The, the cow. Is this what you're looking for? Here's your I camera. heard about the cow. Sarah, use the barn phone and call Scarlet. Get rid of this piece of garbage before I get back. I need to dispose of this. Yes, Alex. It verifies the story, but... Wow, that's a lot of intensity from Alex. That is one angry man. It sounds like Scarlett and Sarah did what they did because they were so scared of him. That certainly comes across. Yeah. Sarah is one strong woman to come back from that. So, 
Scarlett and Sarah did away with Kenny because they were too scared of Alex to do anything else. Scarlett used her journalist skills to appease her dad and Sarah was sent packing. Rachel had to live with all of that in silence for all these years. I guess she just couldn't cope with the idea of everything coming out and having to deal with it. And we saw how it affected Sharon. This man has destroyed so many lives. We better wrap up the story. Leave no threads then. Okay, who have we got? Kenny Goldsmith. Murdered after stumbling across Alex in the barn. Scarlett and Sarah? The courts will decide what happens to them. Robert Jennings, our favourite author. Should we give him a ring and let him know the good news? I think we should. I am dreading what he'll say though, especially after last time. Hello, Mr Jennings. It's Gemma and Marie here from the podcast. Is this a good time to call? Hello, ladies. Yeah, oh, certainly is. You're yeah. not still cross with us? <laughs> no, certainly not. Far from it. Now, what news do you have? Okay. Well, it was the farmer who attacked Kenny when he found him on the grounds of his farm. The staff then disposed of Kenny in the woods, where he later died by strangulation. No doubt all of this will go to the police as evidence. Oh, brilliant. Well done, ladies. Yeah. Well, this is great news. How come? We thought opening all this would tarnish your record. Well, uh, a revised edition of the book? <laughs> my publisher and I have been talking, and, and with the interest from the podcast, my book has started selling again, so uh, I'm writing an updated version. Maybe some new cases as well. Yes, I've got carry on using my book and my notes as a reference point. It's good for sales. I may need to borrow some of my notes from time to time. Oh, you could interview me if you like. Of course. Thank you, Robert. He's happy then. We called Felicity earlier. She's up to date and happy. She will handle the police investigation from the employee side of things. She has said she will also speak to Sharon for us. And I think that's it. I can't believe we'll have to find another cafe to hold our meetings in. That is a shame. They really did do amazing cakes. We're going to have to end it here for a moment. As we have a party to go to. Well, it's, it's not exactly a party. We said we joined Billy in his celebration drinks. But it's become a joint party as he promised to throw one for us if we succeeded. Just the three of us, seeing as with Covid we can't have a proper party. This will have to wait. We'll finish this off tomorrow. You join us after the party. We've just recorded the intro to episode 9 as we're doing 9 and 10 together. It's a bit confusing, I know. Everything's happened in one week, but we split it into two episodes. This is an additional commentary added just before the release of episode 10. It seems listeners thought Gemma had been consoling herself in the pub after being fired. This wasn't the case, and it was in fact from Billy's celebration party. Just to clarify the matter. Back to the episode. And we have some great news from the patrons. We've got such a good response from the listeners, several have become patrons of the show. This means we'll definitely be back with another series. We'll make a point of mentioning all the supporters' names at the end of each future episode as well. That's a great idea. Um, Gemma, your recorder's flashing. Did you do a recording at the party? 
don't remember. Go on, play it. Oh, hello, stranger. I didn't expect to see you again. Don't mind if I record this. Go ahead. Nice to see you all. I hear congratulations are in order. Word has come through the police channels of two young ladies who've solved a major cold case. Why, thank you. Drink to celebrate? Just a Coke, please. Who are you? You're not just a personal assistant, are you? Well, I do work with a home office, just in a different department. Like a spy or something? Or something. Are you not worried we have your name and your voice recorded? Not my real name, and only you know what I look like. You've done an amazing job. I just wanted to say I'm really impressed with what you did. You should come and work for us. Maybe some other time. Anyway, I have to get back to London. Enjoy the party. Will I... I mean, will we get to see you again? Here is my card. If you ever need my help, just call. Oh god, that was so embarrassing. Do I really sound like that when I'm drunk? And you don't remember any of that? Nope. I think he fancies you. He's just doing his bit for Queen and Country. Yes, my queen. Oh, God. That was supposed to be the end of this series of episodes. The story had seemed to be wrapped up and there will probably be something next year. But something terrible happened to Marie just afterwards. One advantage is that we have recorders that automatically upload to the internet direct to our cloud storage, which allows us to edit as soon as the files arrive. It happened when Marie went over to my house to pick up some stuff I had left. I wasn't feeling well and she had volunteered to go. Gemma gave me a key as she's tongue hung over, but it seems I can't even get in. I'm wondering if her dad already changed the locks. It's harsh if he has. Let's see if I can ring Gemma again. She's not picking up. I'm going to have to head back. Just need to keep breathing. Just focus on breathing, you know. Focus on heading back to my house. See if she's there. A woman in a COVID mask is pulling up alongside in a van. Hello. Can you tell me where Somerton Street is? Sure. Uh, yeah, so you want to go down this road until you find Jonathan. Excuse me! Quiet down. Get her in there. Tie her up now. Do it quick. Quickly, we haven't got all day. Jasmine Hicks, Anya Spencer Levicki, Josh Portillo, Damian O'Donovan, Michelle Goff, Josephine Armar, Claire Gasco, Ramsey Royden, Rebecca Clifford, Chris Gregory, Stephen Karn, 
Laura Dennis, Marion Savin, and Gary Tustin. Written and directed by David Johnson. Produced by Jody Jasmine Hicks. Music by Laura Dennis. Visit the website, FinlandFilmsInitiative.com.